Welcome to the GOP Podcast. I'm Rule Sample, joined by John Hinnett, candidate for North Carolina's House of Representatives. John, welcome aboard. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me, Rule. John, you are a sandwich shop owner, a real estate appraiser, a boat owner, and most importantly, a dog owner. Tell us more about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm born and raised here in Wilmington. Uh, my, my grandfather and my, fa- my father's father and my father were both uh, commercial contractors. Um, my mother's father was a Cuban immigrant who was an international paper salesman. Uh, was killed by hit by a bus when my mother was about ten. So my grandmother wow. and her two daughters were raised down in Lake uh, Lake Forest Estates. Uh, uh, my grandmother was a farmhand and uh, no real marketable skills, and so she took in businessmen's laundry, okay, uh, to to provide for the girls. And the girls, as soon as they were old enough, they were working. Uh, my aunt is still alive up in Goldsboro, North Carolina. At one point, my mother owned a a maternity and uh, children's clothing store. Uh, My father was in construction. Uh, They split when I was about 10 years old. And uh, I graduated from Laney High School about two and a half weeks after I graduated. I loaded the car, drove to God's country. And four years later, I graduated (laughs) from Lee's McRae College up in Banner Elk, North Carolina with a bachelor in history. And I had a most wonderful experience in the mountains, played two years of college soccer. We were junior college at the time and finished uh, 11th and fourth in my two years there in the nation. And uh, got involved in student life and founded an environmental organization on campus. And my senior year, I served as student body president. And uh, foreshadows of running for political office. Something like that, I guess. Yeah, it was (laughs) a small school. I think our I think our student body population was somewhere around 700 at the time that I was a senior. Um, but it was a wonderful experience getting up in the mountains of North Carolina. We try to get back up there as often as we can. Um, but yeah, I owned a, in 1998, we opened the underground sandwich shop. I was, um, I designed it. I built it. I designed the menu, developed all the recipes and I operated the restaurant for about seven years. And, uh, Got the um, sold it, uh, became a real estate appraiser, and then uh, in my time down there, I got involved with Wilmington Downtown Inc. Uh, it was it's called Dare at the time, Downtown Area Revitalization Effort. And, okay. uh, in my time there, they changed the name to Wilmington Downtown Inc. In uh, 2007, um, my predecessor Susie Hamilton had stepped down, and they were doing a national search, and the um, I don't know. I guess I guess the board wasn't. Real. I wasn't on the selection group. I wasn't on the search group committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a call from one of the search committee members, and they said, "Hey, have you thought about applying?" I said, "No, you guys are doing a national search." And I guess they just weren't happy. I'm, I'm not sure what was going on, but uh, they asked me to apply. And I, my wife and I kind of have a philosophy that um, you know, when somebody says, "Hey, why don't you apply for this job?" You, you know, maybe as a courtesy, you do it. And um, you know, it was a long conversation uh, that night. And uh, next Monday, I submitted my resume and, you know, was hired in May of 2007 huh. and uh, had, a, had, a, had, a, had a rough patch there at the beginning. But we, uh, we came through that rough patch. We did a strategic plan update. And uh, I'm proud of my, my, my efforts there. We, you know, assisted over 50 companies that located downtown and uh, helped over – they, 
they created or located over 500 jobs downtown. And so I felt like that was a real good accomplishment. I helped uh, site selection on two hotels, uh, the Convention Center Hotel. We, we did some economic studies and analysis to, for the RFP process to help those apply and see that a full-service 200-room hotel was absolutely needed downtown. And mm-hmm. one of our goals of our strategic plan back then was 500 hotel rooms in five years. And I had people look at me like I was crazy. But downtown market was so underserved with hotel rooms. and they are these hotels when they open up downtown they open up at 85 percent occupancy on day one i mean it's it's amazing that's that's insane well and you you think about when people come to our community from out of town where do they want to be they either want to be on the beach or they want to be downtown yeah and and you know I, i i left in 2013 to get into commercial real estate in the last two years i've been working on some of those older dated hotels along market street and we've been turning some of them over and they're getting repurposed into apartments but you have to remember market street or highway 17 historically was the primary way in and out of the town mm-hmm. and, and so that's where the hotels located back then and so uh we we've been i've been having a real hyper focus on those older hotels along market street in the last couple of years and having some success and uh, between now and election day, there'll be a couple of them will be up for rezoning and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, media around the, uh, the the renewal of Market Street, the corridor. Um, well, which I'm excited well, to be part of. Wilmington should be extraordinarily proud of what goes on downtown. It's a beautiful city and there's a lot of things down there, a lot of small businesses of all types that are downtown. Yeah. And I'll tell you, one of the one of the hallmarks of downtown is is that it's the largest and oldest historic district in the state. And, and that was because of a lot of champions uh, and some of my predecessors at Wilmington Downtown Inc., including Gene Merritt and Mary Gornto and, and Susie Hamilton. They, uh, they, they really promoted, they really advocated, they really uh, educated about the importance of historic preservation and protecting those older buildings because those are the postcard memories that people, when they leave, and they say, describe Wilmington. They go, oh, it's historic. And, it's, and they've got this image in their head. And yeah, we got the Riverwalk and the Battleship and the Bridge. But people remember those covered front porches and the flags and the flowers and the plants and the brick walls. And, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, I'm, I, I can I could talk about downtown for hours. I, just, <laughs> I, I really love our city. I think it's great. And I have a lot of community pride. Well, you can see more about what John has done and what he's into on his website. But with all of that going on, John, why in the world would you get into politics and and start running for for uh, state house for North Carolina? That's a great question, you know, um, and it's a great story as to why. In uh, 2020, uh, during the lockdowns in the spring, um, my music director at my church came to my front yard during the week of Easter and played about six songs in our front yard. And all the neighbors were like, this was so great. And there were spiritual songs and a couple of pop songs and it sparked an idea. And so we've had a concert series in our front yard, uh, six weeks on Saturday night. Uh, we invited friends to come to our front yard and we encouraged all the neighbors to have friends come to their front yard. And so for about eight yards on either side of the street, either side of us, people were sitting out on the front porch and we had the, these these concerts, and um, the sixth one, the last one, was on Memorial Day weekend. And the following weekend, we were kind of decompressing. We were we were looking at social media, and if you remember, social media was weird. 
<laughs> the news was weird. <laughs> Everything, Everything was, was weird. Everything, Everything was really was weird. weird. And you're watching preachers and parishioners get ticketed, arrested, and gym owners are getting arrested. And they shut down our daggone boat ramps. And my wife looked at me and said, you know, one of us has got to do something. And so I said, you know, I've been asked over the years to get involved. The the GOP had been recruiting me uh, that year. And my father was ailing. He was was older and uh, elderly. And he, he died last year, a month before his 87th birthday. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But he was, uh, it was, it was important for me to be there in those later days. And uh, I didn't want to be distracted with politics. And so this year um, when filing was delayed or whatever happened with the lawsuits, uh, I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, you know, there's this opportunity. We've got time to put together a plan. If you, if you think we, if you're still up for it, she said, let's go. So she's been my biggest, most enthusiastic and supporter and encourager. And, um, and so that, that, that's kind of why my wife asked me to. And so, uh, <laughs> and so I've been uh, real, I've been really, it's really been humbling the uh, overwhelming amount of support that's come from this. And I've been real excited about it. And uh, I call people and, Hey, I'm running. And they go, well, it's either thank you or are you crazy? <laughs> You've had a successful career. Why would you? Why would you distract yourself? And I was like, well, I, th- I think we can do better things in Raleigh. I, um, I think we, I think I can be effective in Raleigh. And, and uh, um, I, I, I want to see things done for our community that have been getting ignored in the past. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about some of the issues that you are that you are dealing with. We're going to talk a little bit about education, but not in the ways that we've been talking with some of our other candidates. You're a big proponent of innovation in education. What is that all about? So I've I've always been a creative thinker. I've always uh, I've always been interested and intrigued by innovation. And and I, I also firmly believe that education is leg one, the first priority of any economic development strategy for anybody. Hmm. And and if you're going to build the next economy, you have to start with education. And I think at the higher level of education, college and community college, and even in high school, we need to be finding more innovative ways to produce the modern workforce, you know, job job training. And and I'll tell you, there's there's something that I've got it on my website. You know, I, I, I would be in favor right now of working with nonviolent offenders in the prison system to teach the trades. I mean, if anybody's tried to renovate or do home repair or build a home, you know how difficult it is to find the trades to get them to work. I mean, and here's, here we have a captive audience, nonviolent offenders. And, and if we can get them trained in the trades, then they get out, it lowers their chance of recidivism they can go right to work. We've got people with demand. Uh, we've got we got people who want need the trades. We got trades people who need to hire people. The you know the the trades and construction is very much a numbers game. I can take more work if I have the people to do the job. Yes. So and so it's it's a very much a numbers game, and we have this opportunity uh, to to really uh, prepare our community and our state for the for the economy and prepare the workforce for the economy that we have today and the economy we're going to have tomorrow. You know, the guy who narrates 
the uh, that Alaskan uh, fishing uh, company who's who's in, in, into all this and started uh, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. That's exactly right. You know, yeah. one of his big things, he says that uh, we can digitize a whole bunch. And, and if those of you who are watching on video, uh, that's your dog. Bud. Bubs. 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 Short for bubbles. <laughs> another another uh another supporter i hope yeah yeah he uh he's named after a character in the hbo series the wire okay so that's why you see uh that's why you see john uh, uh fiddling around over there he's <laughs> he's keeping bubs at bay but uh yeah. mike rowe is uh known for saying that you can digitize a whole bunch of things but you can't digitalize a house. You can't digitalize water. You can't digitalize electricity. That's why you need the trades. And yeah. education takes a form in so many ways. So yeah. nothing digital ever turned to screw. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And we can make that happen here in North Carolina. Right. Right. And 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 podcast plug mike rose uh the way i heard it with mike rose one of the best podcasts out there second to this one of course exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much and you could find mike rose as well as this podcast on any of your favorite podcast hosting platforms uh another thing that we've talked about uh, along with education is school safety we've seen we've seen time and time again uh issues about school safety and it comes down to a variety of of platforms, people are really, really uh, on fire about this because we're talking about our kids, our vulnerable people as they go into, quite frankly, a vulnerable area. Right, and I, the school safety. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I mentioned earlier about the historic district, and we have a lot of historic homes and historic schools. Um, and and my kids uh, attend attended New Hanover. My daughter will be a senior this year, and, and last year she was a couple hundred feet from that shooting. And, and, and as a parent, when you receive that phone call, that panicked phone call, you know, it, it, it really sends a scare uh, through your soul. And I, I think that's really important that we, uh, we provide funding so that these older schools can do some renovations to make it more secure. I think we can invest in more school resource officers. And, and I think we should invest in more mental health professionals for our school systems. And I, and I want to point out that that my opponent voted against additional school, school resource officers. She voted against more mental health professionals in our schools, and she voted against school safety improvement grants. And I, along with a lot of parents from New Hanover High School, take that personally. And my kids went through Gregory, and they did shelter in place more often than they did tornado drills. So Unbelievable. It's, it's just it, we've disrupted the school day because of shots fired close by. And and it's and, and as a result, the kids are losing the opportunity to learn. And we're not seeing we're not seeing what we need out of our current representative. And that's one of the reasons I'm running as well. Yeah, it's so simple. You put trained officers in and other people who can handle these things even before they start. And our kids are safer. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, Congressman Budd, who's running for U.S. Senate in North Carolina, has proposed legislation in Washington to uh, make it easier for veterans to transition into a school job, be it a teacher or security officer, school resource officer. or And imagine, imagine having a veteran as a male 
you know, mentor. Yeah. Campus, a small campus in a school campus. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. And, and there's common sense things that, that unfortunately the folks on the other side of the aisle keep voting against for some reason or another. They keep, they just keep voting it down. Let's talk about uh, economic future. How are we going to make sure that North Carolina, New Hanover County, the United States of America are going to grow into the country that it's supposed to be? Well, I'll tell you, since the, the Republicans took over the legislature in 2011, uh, the 2010 election is where the Republicans took over the legislature for the first time in over 100 years. Hmm. Uh, they've reduced the debt by 60 percent. And and I've given you a little bit about my background. My, my father, my grandfather were contractors. My mother was a, a, a small business owner at one point. She was a, an executive administrative assistant who grew up in poverty. And, and so I'm, I come from the working class, the middle class, uh, and I think we have to put the middle class and the working class first, uh, especially now with high inflation and, and these prices are still high. I mean, we, my wife walked in earlier and said, hey, chicken wings were 330 at some store. And I, that's the cheapest we've seen it in over a year. You know, it's, I mean, and, and that's not cheap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? Uh, mayonnaise is two dollars more a jar than it was back in January. Gas is still pushing four dollars a gallon, you know, right under four dollars a gallon. It's extremely hard for working families and the middle class to kind of make ends meet right now. I mean, families are making choices now to 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 cut cut the budget and, and avoid vacations or they're doing staycations as opposed to traveling. So we really have to do uh, more to make sure that families can keep more of their hard-earned money and cut taxes. And I, I, I think that's something we're going to have to uh, not just work for, but fight for. Republicans have a plan for that? Yeah, they, they, uh, they, they, the, um, the, the, the corporate tax over the next five years will be completely eliminated. And, and if you think about a business tax, the tax on a business is only passed on to the consumer. Yeah, exactly. Corporations don't pay taxes. They, right. they, they, that's basic economics that that the, the folks on the left don't seem to get. Companies don't pay taxes. Individuals pay taxes. Right. And so they're going to continue to reduce the personal property tax over the next five years as well. And what we've seen since 2011, we're able to cut taxes. We're able to increase revenues. We're able to reduce debt. And then suddenly a left wing media group like CNBC calls us the number one state for business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What? Whatever. You know, we'll take it. <laughs> and finally, let's talk about your the the other the other big thing that you're working on is uh, law enforcement. Is that we're seeing across the country almost a, a buyer's remorse in all these folks who called for defunding of police. They 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 tried tearing apart that frankly thin blue line that protects us all. And they're seeing a, an increase in crime. Uh, we're seeing police officers retire. Uh, what are you thinking about doing about that, John? So I want to make sure that our law enforcement officers and first responders are fully funded as best they can. Um, you know, in the last three weeks across North Carolina, we've had seven police officers shot, two killed, unfortunately. Wow. And, you know, this is a direct result of people like my opponent who signed the pledge to defund the police. And, you know, she has to be held to account for that. It's absolutely un, 
believable that she would sign that pledge. And, and then, you know, now we have, and she's not mentioned anything in her social media about this. I mean, every, every member of the legislature that I follow on, on social media have been putting out notices like, Hey, we thought now it's six, now it's seven. We've had two dead, you know, Hey, let's, let's lift them up in prayer. Let's, let's, let's make sure we fund our law enforcement. And so <clears throat> I want to make sure that we, we are tough on crime, but we're strong. We have a strong spine when it comes to supporting our law, law enforcement, and our first responders. You know, law enforcement, they're out there. They're putting their bodies between crime and uh, and, th- and and those of us who just want to be safe and free. And they're doing this quite often at very low pay. And we continue to to vilify them and uh, ignore them, disrespect them. It's got to stop. Well, I did a I did a ride along when I was during my time at Wilmington Downtown Inc. And I can't tell you the, the level of professionalism that I found with the Wilmington PD. Um, these guys were they you know, not only are they out there at two and three in the morning and they're driving down dark streets where the you know the, the public lighting is low and um and 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 addressing issues as they see them, but they're tremendously professional when they do it. Um, I, I had so much respect for those guys. I had respect for them before I went, but it blew me away how professional they were in the most difficult of circumstances. How can people get a hold of you? How can they find out more about you, John? Certainly, yeah. The, the website is electjohnhennett.com. Uh, it's the word elect. It's my name, John, J-O-H-N-H-I-N-N-A-N-T. Um, you can email me with that at that website. It's info at electjohnhennett.com. My cell phone number is 910-619-3430. And I want to close with this rule. I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate the, the county making the investment in the podcast. You know, I, I think voters and, and citizens of New Hanover County want somebody who's going to go to Raleigh and represent them. And that's, that's what I seek to do. Uh, my opponent in 2019 violated house rules and really lost control over her emotions and screaming at Republicans and screaming at the speaker, the more when she didn't get her way. And what's, what's happened is she's rendered herself completely ineffective. So if there's something we need here from the state legislature, be it a road or a bridge or, uh, you know, anything, if her name is on it, it's dead. There's just, there's, she can't get anything done. And, I, and to give you a good example, towards the end of the late, the short session, uh, Ted Davis sponsored a bill for PFAS polluters pay, and it's uh, res- revolving around Gen X and Kimmores. And that big bucket, issue, big issues down here, big issues. Big. And she uh, co-sponsored it, but didn't have the courtesy to show up to the meeting while it was read into committee. Unbelievable. And it was audible. There was 40 or more people in the room and it was completely audible. You could hear a representative say, if Deb Butler's name is on it, it's not going to pass. And I don't know why we would send somebody back up there if that's the way she's thought of by other members of the House of Representatives. And, and, and it's made her completely ineffective. And I feel like we can do better. And, and I'm willing to give it a shot, and I hope voters are willing to give me a shot. So thank you very much. John Hennett for North Carolina State House Representative. What district are you representing? It's the 18th. It covers mostly downtown, 
uh, northern New Hanover County and parts of the uh, northern part of the county on the waterway. As I like to say, almost all of 28401, almost all of two, a lot of 28405, all of 28411, and a little bit of 28403. So, pretty big area. 17 precincts and all. John, I know you're very, very busy. It looks like Bubs needs to go out. Uh, thanks for being here, John. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Really.